Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Prisoner in New York, 17 past the hour on Bloomberg Markets. Let's get you caught up on what's going on. It's kind of a mixed picture for equities. Time now for the afternoon call. Bill Maloney is here with the details. Hey, Bill. And good afternoon, Doug. Mixed markets right now with the Dow currently down 29 points, while the S&P is higher by a point, and NASDAQ climbs 16. Small cap 600 is up 5 points, and the U.S. 10 yield at 2.14%. Six of the main 11 S&P sectors are trading higher, led by gains in technology, energy, and materials. Financials and healthcare led to the downside. NASA Biotech's fall 19, transports rise 90, semis gain 5, and the VIX is down by 3.4%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow. Are Visa, Boeing, and Microsoft, while Home Depot and Walmart led to the downside. Regarding movers today, Bed Bath & Beyond fell as much as 12.8% to the lowest since May of 2010 after its results, while Portola Pharmaceuticals jumped as much as 51% in today after winning FDA approval. Live from the First Bank News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Doug? All right, many thanks, Bill. Over in the bond market, U.S. 10-year Treasury right now with a yield of 2.14%, and we've got crude oil kind of fluctuating around 43 a barrel. Uh, last quote in the electronic session was right at $43. So we'll see uh, where we go from here. But suffice it to say, been kind of a tough week for crude. All right, you're up to speed on markets. Black. Back to uh, Bloomberg Markets now with Carol and Corey. All right, Doug Krisner, thank you very much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Corey Johnson in our Bloomberg 960 studio in San Francisco. We are Bloomberg Radio. Just right, the Bernie Madoff song, theme song, right? Uh, Bernie Madoff uh, has been in jail for eight years now and has an interesting new explanation about uh, what happened uh, with his uh, massive fraud. Eric Larson joins us right now from Bloomberg News with that story. Eric, uh, you say he's blaming the big four. Who are the big – we're not talking about the big four accounting firms. Who are we talking about here? No, they were his four uh, richest and earliest clients – uh, who their names have been involved in, uh, you know, in these court battles for for years because um, they or their estates ended up reaching huge settlements in the case. Uh, you, you know, uh, Jeffrey Peacower, uh, the biggest one, he was uh, at Florida. His estate ended up paying $7.2 billion, just as an example, uh, over their, their fake Madoff profits. But Madoff is saying that in addition to being the – his – biggest investors, they're the ones who pushed him into the Ponzi scheme. And he puts an exact year on that, 1992, which is, it's just interesting. He he made that claim when he first pleaded guilty, but it's now actually become crucial to a, a handful of lawsuits, which is why we're talking about it. It's, crucial in what way? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, the lawsuits are at a group of sort of holdout investors. You know, they're among the last that haven't settled and they're fighting to keep essentially what everyone, the government and the trustee says are, are fake profits. And their argument is that because there was real trading going on until 1992, then their claims should be based on, on all those profits until then being real. Uh, and it totals about $100 million, so it's not a small chunk of change. Uh, and they, their lawyer, they have one lawyer, her name is Helen Davis Chaitman, and they're hoping to eventually have a jury decide when exactly the fraud started. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. 
It's also fascinating that he's blaming these four guys. What is he basically saying that they kind of they, they put him up to he put they put him up to it or what? They set him up and knew what he was doing or what? Well, it's uh, it's a fairly wild claim. He says that because they were they were like family is the way he puts it. Uh, Carl Shapiro, Norman Levy, Stanley Chase, and Jeffrey Peacower, um, uh That that. Because they wanted to take some long-term investments and he wanted to help them out, so he offered to cover their short, their shorts for that. And for some reason, when it went sour after the crash of 87, he says that he agreed to cover all of these losses, but it doesn't really make much sense in the mm-hmm. eyes of the trustee or the government. They'd say it's not realistic that these wealthy people would expect you to go broke covering their losses. But he says that that's what he did. And he says that as a result of that, he was forced to uh, start using money from new customers to pay redemptions. This stuff from Madoff is coming from where specifically? It's, it's interesting. It came from a deposition that was done in the case, the group of cases I mentioned earlier, uh, that were done in April. It was hours and hours of testimony where the lawyer for the trustee, the court appointed trustee who's been unwinding the company all these years, huh. and Helen Davis Chapman, the lawyer. Did you Irving Picard? Yes, Irving Picard. Yeah. Uh, so they questioned Madoff, uh, for days, uh, to, uh, to try and determine, you know, get his full side of the story and see, you know, whether or not w- what the judge will think of it from there. Who knows? Uh, it's fairly amazing this is still going on. It, it is. It is. It's been I mean, a really why, huge case. Why did this take so long? I mean, well, if you look at if you look at what the trustee Irving Picard has accomplished uh, in these eight years, he's been on the job that long. Uh, he's with the firm Baker and Hostetler. Uh, they have recovered. He and his huge team have recovered. Over $11.6 billion for investors who lost $17.5 billion in principal, which that's, is about 66% recovery. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, so th- this last group of holdouts, um, uh, y- you know, they, they actually have already been allowed by the courts to keep a lot of their fake profit, which is pretty interesting. But you look through the court papers for each one of these individuals, um, they've been allowed to keep millions and millions of dollars in fake profit just because they withdrew it so long ago. The trustee's only going after what they withdrew in the two years before the fraud collapsed. That's it. That's all he's allowed to go after. Really? And, and the, yeah. so the lawsuits, uh, just to reiterate, essentially say, hey, you should have gotten money going back to when the fraud started. Let's determine that. Has that been determined? Uh, it, I'm sorry, has what been determined? The date the first the fraud began. And, well, and, the, yeah, and right. The government, how total was the fraud, right? I mean, right. The government has claimed all along that there, that there was a fraud from the year he started it, around 1960. They say that no trading ever took place in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and uh, that there's no evidence of any trading after a multi-year investigation. Um, and, of course, uh, now, Madoff says that's not true, and the records that would prove it just haven't been kept. You know, they're they're not around anymore. Um, so the government says there's no evidence of trading, and it's basically he says, well, there's no evidence I wasn't trading, that sort of thing. Sometimes I feel like we'll never really know what happened. It's it's possible. I, I did cover the the criminal trial of his five top aides back in 2013, 14. Uh, and they did present a lot of evidence of, of clearly shady uh, type of behavior going at back before 1992, like backdating of yeah. trades. And a lot of that, that involved these wow. big four clients that we're talking about, right? So <laughs> It's unbelievable. But here we are. It is, by the way, one of the most read stories on the Bloomberg, folks. So if it's you're amazing on, so many people are involved. Yep. Yeah. Thousands. And it ain't over. 
Eric Larson covering it for us, U.S. legal reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to take a look at uh, the markets, check on some of the big stories. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> 